It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. I'm out on the road with the Knicks up in Cali. Going to find Aaron Rodgers if I have to. Whatever it takes. Like, I'm all in. They need me to track him down. I can do it. Here in Malibu, man. When you go down to L.A. tomorrow, I'll be heading that way. Stop by Malibu. Yeah. No, no, there's no doubt. I got all weekend to figure it out. I'll be there, be in L.A. from Friday to Monday. So, you know, I got lots of time. Like, if if I ran it, imagine, how about this? What if he, and nothing's done yet, but if Aaron Rodgers decides, you know what? Sunday, Knicks, Lakers, it's on ESPN. Oh. I'm going to go to the game. What if yeah. he just shows up at, at a Knicks-Lakers game courtside? Got a hack sack in a uh, oversized knit sweater. Yeah, tribal, he would definitely. A tribal sweater. Right. Be in California but still have a scully on. You know, stuff like that. But that's all right. I, what, should I approach him is what I'm asking you. Or I would I ruin it? Like, if I, were, if I approached him and just started doing the whole Jets thing, would that ruin it? Should I just like no, stay you, out of the no, way? No, you need you need to pre- plant to see it. Hey, man, we need you on as weekly. Uh, that see, you need to do that. Boop, He'd have more respect for you than me. I'm just a scrub. A hey, hey, Ron, remember that hey, time? Hey. I, remember that time I ain't hit you? You old. <laughs> remember I, the I, time I, I didn't hit you? Talk, to, talk, <laughs> talk, talk to him like Isaiah was talking to Jordan. I kept you safe in these streets. How about that? How about by the way? You see the Sean Kemp thing? Yo, it's crazy, man. You're too old to be doing drive-bys at 53, son. You ain't supposed he, to be holding the piece. But the story, as the story goes, someone stole his car. Oh, and he shot at him. And he looked, you know, he, he used the Find My Phone, because I guess he had an iPad or something in the car. <laughs> so he used the Find My Phone to fi- to, tra- to track where he went, chased no, he him down. He need a medal. And then someone, I guess, the, the, the thing is that there were two shooters. So maybe somebody shot at him and he shot back. Yeah. But he's 6'10", and he's wearing, like, a bright red vest. And that just shows you that they can't – that how bad people out here shooting sideways. Well, I'm, glad they, couldn't, I'm, glad, I'm glad they couldn't shoot good. But, yo, they, well, if, right. if that's the case, you deserve it. You stole my car, and I find my car. Of course you're going to have a gun on you in case you – like, you entail – man, that's tough. It's a wild story, isn't it? It's a, it's a wild story. Uh, more NBA stuff. the hell I get arrested. They stole my stuff. Well, that, that part would get you frustrated, but you really shouldn't be shooting at people. You know, yeah. it's not up to you to do that. But if if you're if you're shooting back in self defense, I don't know how that works in you know in in every state. But I can't imagine that. Uh, it, let's let's put it this way: he's in trouble. Yeah. Um, Luka Doncic getting an MRI left the game last night. The the, the Mavericks lose again. It, them and uh, Kyrie and and Doncic together, they have not had success. Kevin Durant last night. In pregame warmups, which would have, should have been his first home game of the season, slips on what I guess a little bit of moisture oh, on the floor, yeah. and sprains his ankle. So it's a like it's amazing that, that this trade happens. The Mavericks aren't better, and the Suns already have concern about an, an injury happening to Kevin Durant. 
but the thing is, like, at least we know that the thing with Kevin Durant works. The thing with with with, with Kyrie and, and Luca doesn't Good point. work. The team actually went on a run when yep. Luca left the game, and it was the Kyrie show. <laughs> yeah, well, right what, there before into right. the last seconds of the game. So, but that's been their whole thing. They've been in games. They just can't finish them because they can't stop no damn body. Right. <laughs> keep, <laughs> keep in mind, by the way, the Knicks own their first round pick. So you are rooting for that. You're rooting for the Mavericks to uh, continue to lose. No question about that. Knicks and the Kings tonight. We'll have full coverage beginning at 930 uh, Eastern time. I'm in, like I said, I'm in Sacramento with the Knicks on this road trip. Uh, The the tip-off is 10 p.m. It's not on MSG TV tonight. It's on TNT. They grabbed it last second. So they took it away from us on MSG. One less game for me to get to call uh, on this trip. But still, Knicks and the Kings. The Kings are... This game tonight, Bart, the Kings are the best offense in the league. Yeah. Number so, one in points per possession. They just score. But they let you score, too. So this will be uh, this could be a fun game. It's two teams that, you know, nobody expects either one of them to be, you know, championship contenders this season. But they're two franchises that it's been a while. They're both playing really well. The Kings haven't made the playoffs since, I think, you were like a rookie. Since like, it's been a body. long say time. What's up to, say what's up to Body when I see him, when you see him, too. Tell, tell him Bart said what's up, Body. If I see him. If I see him. But news on the Yankee front was not good when we started the show. So we already know about injuries to Frankie Montas, who could be out for the whole season. We'll see. He says he wants to come back by the end of the year, but we'll see. Getting shoulder surgery. Tommy Canely, who they re-signed, they brought him back. He's got bicep tendonitis. Trevino's out as well on the in- on the injured list. So you got already three pitchers, one of them being a starter. How about another starter now? Carlos Rodon who they signed to a six-year, $162 million contract to be the number two or even the 1B next to Garrett Cole as aces. Rodon had a an awful spring training debut. Five runs, six hits, gave up two home runs, only lasted about two innings or so, had to come out of the game. Forearm strain is what they're calling it, and of course that leads to a lot of major concern. So here's first and foremost, Brian Cashman, the general manager of the Yankees, announcing that Rodon, his offseason, his big prize, will now start the season on the IL. So we got some things going on. Rodon. So he's got a mild strain of his elbow. It's on the forearm side right here. So it's a no throw for seven to ten days. So he's going to wind up starting the season late because of it. A no throw for seven to ten days. Now, Cashman went on to talk about when he does expect to have him back. I mean, the perfect world sometime in April. Are we talking mid-April, late-April? Let's get him through his seven days to ten days of no throw and then uh, get him going. My contribution to to the dialogue with him was, listen, just because glad our trainers jumped on it, I'm glad he said something. The finding was something but not significant or serious. So because of that, if none of that was taking place, we could have played this into mm-hmm. if it was don't say anything, don't try to push through whatever, this could have been much worse. You know, uh, because obviously trying to pitch your stuff is not a good thing, especially this time of year. If this was obviously in season, pennant race, late in the game, you know, he's still probably up and running going. He had this last May with the Giants. I didn't miss any time with it. That part oh, yeah, concerns oh, me. Oh, 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 great. It's 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 a reoccurring injury. Oh, that nothing to see here. Mm. Now, now he does say though million? that and Radon did, did did say like that if this was like playoff time or late in the year that you're, you you know he'll be able to just play through it but I don't want you playing through it if that's the performance I got out of you 
right. with this injury. So it is obviously concerning, and they're probably erring on the side of caution with it because it's so early in the year that they want to make sure there's no issues. But you're right. That little last part there about, you know, he went through it last year and didn't miss any time. Well, I guess it came back. And it flared and, up quickly. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I was ex- – this, this this lineup, man, this this lineup – I mean, sorry, this rotation. I mean, you, you go three deep here with these guys. It's not Nestor Cortez. And you add, obviously – and I'm talking when I say three deep, obviously Severino. But now all of a sudden, you're thinner already at the very beginning, and you're just hoping that, okay, he gets rest – and he'll be fine. And once we get to May and June, we're not talking about it anymore. But it's hard for me to start a season as a Yankees fan where pitching has remained almost year after year that concern that we are doing it again. That's that's my biggest problem. Now we have we have Rodon now. now he, I know he did sp- speak with the media. So all right, let's let's hear from him now on this. Does he? What, what, let's go with his personal level of concern right now about this injury. Me, not much, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of take it day by day. You know, all these cliches I'm about to tell you guys that you don't want to hear, and everybody hearing this and reading this don't want to hear, but, I mean, it's the truth. All right, so he's sounding pretty calm about it, Bart. Uh, also asked about the fact that he had a bit of a jump in velocity and maybe did it, it essentially overthrowing it create this issue. Yeah, I mean, I, it could be, um, you know, that jump in intensity. It's different when you – when you go into a real game, even though it's spring training against a different team, you know, um, you're truly competing and, you know, that intensity jump, you know, it kind of, it probably, that's probably what's setting me back. And now remember, as Cashman mentioned, last year had a similar injury. So he's asked about that and whether or not it was the same exact thing. Brachial radiology. So same, same muscles last night. Yeah. Be the same thing. I mean, I didn't get any scans on it during the season last year, but yeah. Called brachial. Yeah, brachial, whatever. Yeah. Anterior cruise ship. <laughs> Debridement. I don't know. Is it anterior cruise ship? <laughs> you know, it's funny, right? But it's funny how reporters you get like a very medical term, and the reporters yeah. want to ask the question, and the guy the. It's the brachial. You finish it for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you know. <laughs> I only have about. to type it out. I only have to print it out. I have to have to write it, spell it correctly. I don't want to have to say it, but that's the reality. So after hearing from Cashman, after hearing from Radon, I'm still Bart, concerned, man. Taking off your Yankee hater hat for a minute, just being an athlete. How are you feeling about this? I'm feeling. I'm, I'm unsure because you know when you talk about you know a season, it's it's all about everybody feeling comfortable in their roles. And figuring out, you know, how we're going to put get this rotation, strengths, weaknesses, you know, who's coming in, who's coming out. You know, you're like you said, mentioned before, you already got Canely and Trevino injured. Now it's going to put more stress on Herman. That's the guy you're going to depend on. Maybe a a, a bullpen day, a game or something like that. So mm-hmm. now, so now you talk about. Listen, do we expect the, the the Yankees to struggle? No, they're going to be right there to win a hundred games like they always do. But I always get concerned with the positioning and, and being able to host games. And, you know, that elephant in the room is that Houston's a better team than you. And they have a better manager than you. And no matter what, they're going to be in your way early in the pennant race. And that's what makes me concerned, the fact that they have injuries already. I've never seen anybody injured at the beginning of the, of the season and go near the end of the season and say, oh, man, I feel so much better, man. I feel 100%. <laughs> it ain't no such thing because your 100% is now your, your old 80%. 
So these guys performing at that level, trying to get him stretched out, trying not to get him injured as he's trying to catch up and play, uh, you know, intense pitches, you know what I mean, high-stress pitches. It's, it's not looking good, man. And, you know, the beginning of 106. And still we don't know if how, 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 he, how Radon's going to perform to carrying the weight of the pinstripes. That's a whole other thing. This is all in, in, in a controlled, easy playing field when you think about them out there in Florida, out there in Tampa. And now, you know, when you come back, we don't know. It's so many unknowns. I want to get some answers, uh, some questions answered when you think about going out there in preseason baseball and what that's all about. Seems like they got more questions than they have answers. You see this, though, a lot. First time out in any preseason, it's the first time you're really going live. You can warm up. You can work out. You can do all that stuff. But if you're a little jacked up and then – First time going out live, and then you just overdo something. You can you can get a hamstring strain that way. You can get a calf strain that way. You know, it can happen. He gets it, obviously, in the forearm. And the problem is, though, if that was isolated, you might think, all right, he was just jacked up. Microphone just fell. He was just right. jacked up, and then, you know, maybe what he did was throw a little, you know, more than harder than he wanted to or should have in his first time out. Sprain a little bit. All right, just give it some rest, and then we'll be okay. But because it was the same thing from last year, that's the only thing that makes you makes you worry. That's all. It, and and if this like if it wasn't that you're already you know down Montas, and I know he wasn't expected to be one of your top three, but it's just and Canely is not available, right? Trevino not available. That's the frustration for me when you're with this the, the Yankees. It's always going to be about September and October. That's all you're going to care about. I said it last year. You laughed at me, but I'm going to say it again. I don't care if the Yankees start below 500 the first half of the season. It won't matter to me. Above, below, I don't care. What happens and what matters is in October with this team. And it will be like that until they at least get to a World Series and win a championship because it's been so long. So the start out like this is concerning. That's why. That's my level of concern. It does sound like they are trying to tamp down the concern. You heard Cashman. It's If this was later in the year, they probably wouldn't have to rest him. They wouldn't have to sit him. But because it's early, let's not take a little problem and make it a big problem. Completely get it. But I keep saying it. Pitching has been the biggest concern for the Yankees. It has always been. And right now... When you hear about your pitchers being injured to start the year, four guys starting on the injured list, that's a level of concern. Especially four guys that you knew were going to be part of whatever you were doing. These aren't four scrubs. These are four guys that you were going to be depending on. That is why I see this stuff, and that just gets you. That's the heightened concern you have going into this year. Yeah, plus when you, when you, when you consider that as a Yankee fan, you can't even enjoy the regular season. Because you've seen 100 wins. You, you haven't had a season exactly. that you haven't had it. It's so too bad, always, right? So now you're always like, all right, well, the pitching is already jacked up. And, you know, we may, you know, go boom or bust. You talk about the, you know, high, high, you know, the home runs and all that type of stuff. And eventually that runs out and you run into good pitching. And you got to keep the score down. So, Well, in I the end, that's what matters, right? In the postseason, that's also what we've learned. Right, so you can't it doesn't matter. as a Yankee fan. Like, I know. okay, they win 100 games. What do you want, want us to do? They won a historical pace last year. We thought they were going to mm-hmm. break the, you know, mm-hmm. break break the Seattle uh, uh, record. Mm-hmm. It's a wrap. So That's, it's like you can't even. So it's going to be you're going to be stressed out all season trying to fast forward to September and October to see if you can get over the hump. 
You, you remember me last year? Wasn't I there last year in May? They had yep. 50 wins, and, and I and right? And I was saying, I cannot enjoy this. And I want to. I hate the fact that I can't enjoy it. And the main reason why is because I just know it's not going to matter until you get to October because of just how long it's been. I want to sit back and just revel in a team that is dominant. You expect the Yankees are going to be one of the top four teams in baseball. You expect it. Yep. But late in the year is what matters as a Yankees fan. And that's the stuff I hate because you just it's such a long season. Don't you want to just be able to sit back, relax, and enjoy a game? I know I do. That's literally what I want to do. <laughs> but I can't because of that. Like, like, here's a great example, and it just shows you again. It's it's you know the rich and the poor. The Knicks right now are not a championship team, but they are they are better than they have been in a decade. And so these the, the nine game winning streak and and just the way they've played really for the bulk of this season now over really it's been over forty games now since he made the lineup change. It has been enjoyable to watch because every night they're competitive. Every night they're good. The standard is so much lower. So I can enjoy it because I know this is probably as good as it's going to be for most of the season. We get to the playoffs, it's going to be you know high anxiety and my expectations aren't really that high. And I hope to be pleasantly surprised. But you flip it, and with the Yankees, it's the regular season is, God, I just hope everybody stays healthy so when winning time comes, they have a full squad and there's no excuses. That's no way to enjoy a team, right? That's yeah. no way to enjoy a season as long as the baseball season. But unfortunately, that's where I am. And I don't know how many other Yankee fans are in the same place I am. Yeah. I don't want to be miserable. I don't want to be a guy that is like, yes, yeah, so what? They've won eight in a row. So what? They won another another series against another crappy team. So what? I don't want to be that guy that is so what? Wait till we get to October. But unfortunately, deep down, that's who I am. I'm that guy. And it's frustrating, Bart. And then to start, we haven't even had a first pitch in the first game of the season. We haven't even gotten opening day, and I'm already dealing with concerns about an injury to the big offseason prize that was supposed to put some support on Garrett Cole as the ace. And instead, now there's tons of pressure on Garrett Cole to make sure that he gets off to a good start to the season. Yeah. Because yeah. if he doesn't... <laughs> he be gone. But you you know you know he struggles. He struggles early, and they lead the home runs. So yep. it puts stress on early everybody. Early in games. Because now you're going to ask his offense to make sure that they're able to put up points, which right. they've already been able to do. But, like, man, you, you want to be able to to be able to play a complete game. You don't want to put that much stress on him because then he's going to stay out there. You, you stretch him out earlier, then, which puts a lot of stress on your bullpen, and your bullpen gets stressed out. And then by the time you get to midseason, you start getting injuries, and it's, and it's the law of diminishing returns. You need everybody there to play their role, and with guys getting hurt, that means that somebody's got to carry their, carry their, their pail of water. Yeah, it, it, again, I'm not trying to be, you know, Dr. Doom here. He's just been scarred because you can't celebrate because people have had the last laugh for the last five seasons, so they laugh at you, you know, because they, they've seen this movie before. Yep. So you, you exactly. got to protect yourself because they're going to they're going to you, you're going to have to eat crow. Mm-hmm. We I'll said, say it oh, again. No, they, remember this year's the year. Remember, I, I mean, they they were they were the favorites to win the title. They didn't even make it to the pennant. Yeah. And they I'll were say the it favorites. again. And then we got to watch the fit. Then we got to watch the Phillies, the Phillies in the in the championship, man. Right. And they yeah. they, they got like it right at the right time. They fired their cut. They fired their manager. In the end, that's what matters. 
They got it right at the right time. And in the end, again, when you're when you have championship aspirations, that's what matters. 800-919-3776. What also matters is seeing if the Jets can get Aaron Rodgers and get this thing done. But if they don't, then what? Who's next? All that stuff. I mean, still, so much to talk to you about. Again, I want to know if I'm the only one that feels this way about the Yankees. Because I've I've always tried to keep that to myself. I've never wanted to be that person that is, you know, always about, you know, negative. It's always the easy place to go, right, when, when you talk sports. Always go negative because it's the easiest way to go because even if, if you're wrong, then everybody's happy. But I don't I don't like doing that. But this the minute I saw the Rodon thing, I was like, no, 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 no. Let let why are we starting off the season like this? And it's the great frustration and the great concern. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. We got your calls at 800 919 We got lots to get to, as we already have talked a lot with you about things. But right now, Bart, it's time to let the headline makers do the talking in the segment we like to call Audio Files. The Audio File. Still working on the timing there. Almost got to like hit it as the go. Anyways. Cool. That's fine. It's okay. You good? Meh. What's the matter, Bart? You're like, I'm Scoochie. You Gucci? All right. We mentioned we mentioned the Big East tournament. One team that is no longer in the Big East tournament is Georgetown. To no one's surprise, Georgetown was seven and twenty-five. Seven and twenty-five this season. I'll say it again. Seven and twenty-five. They lost eighty to forty-eight. It was close to Villanova. <laughs> <sighs> Now Villanova is very good, obviously, but still, it Georgetown. It's been a struggle for my good friend, one of my favorite people in the world, Patrick Ewing, is the head coach. He's now seventy-five and one hundred nine as coach. Now the good news is he finally ended what was like a twenty-something game losing streak in the Big East, so at least that's behind him. But after this season now is over, once again, 
or Georgetown in a very uncomfortable position of what do you do with this head coach that has not had great success. The athletic director, Lee Reed, said he didn't want to talk about it. He wanted to focus on the players and said, quote, it's been a long year. Here's Patrick Ewing about matters in Georgetown right now. Coach, just to follow up, do you want to be back as Georgetown coach next year? Hey, look, I listened to Coach Bayheim's press conference after the game, and everybody was just ranting about how you coming back or what. Hey, look, I am proud of being a Georgetown Hoyer. This institution has been great to me over the years. I'd be honored to come back as the coach here. That's it. You hear the emotion in his voice? Yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't say – he didn't. He, I'm glad he didn't stand up. Like, he stand up and Bill Duke smacked the hell out of somebody. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But you you can tell that he's a prideful man and it's leaving a bad taste in his mouth. And for whatever reason, whether it's recruiting or not, you know, he hasn't been able to get a, a good team, good players, or he hasn't been able to get the most out of them. Um, it's a tough position for Georgetown to be in because he's a course. NBA legend. Right. He's a Georgetown legend. Mm-hmm. And he's a native son for to them. And, you know, that's always a tough decision. But at some point, you have to say, you know, results matter. That's true. And so they'll have a decision to make in the offseason. We'll see where it is. But, again, you can just hear – I mean, especially for him to have to have a moment like that at Madison Square Garden where the greatest years of his life as a basketball player you know, were spent. And, of course, for Georgetown where he won a national championship. Let's not forget that as well. All right, so we mentioned it early on as we continue on with audio files. Kevin Durant was supposed to make his home debut last night, but during warm-ups slipped on uh, whether it was uh, some moisture on the court, whatever it was, and sprained his left ankle. Now, they believe he has avoided a serious injury, but he will have an MRI today. Here's Monty Williams on the situation. He's out there working his tail off, getting ready for the game, and he twist his ankle so I mean you can't get frustrated about that it's just it's life I feel bad for him because he feels bad he feels like you know I saw his face and I've, I've been around him so many times I, I know what he's feeling I don't want him feeling that way at all our group has adapted to a number of things um, all year long from the summer until now and um, this is no different well they were okay without him last night and Devin Booker went for 40 so I mean they survived one game but still uh, any anytime, right? anytime Kevin Durant gets hurt now yeah. at this point in his career with all his injuries, he has missed more games than he's played in the last four years. Yeah. So every time he gets hurt, you have to. There is major concern, but they believe that they have avoided uh, any serious injury. He is getting an MRI today. All right. As we continue on audio files, more NBA. So did you see there was a um, an interview? that uh, Dylan Brooks did recently where he <laughs> talked about how he doesn't like Golden State, doesn't like Draymond Green, said he talks a lot. Can't come. And originally – Can't come from a Michigan man like that. We got smoke. Yeah. We got well, snapbacks and clapbacks. And the smoke, yeah. Well, here's the smoke because, uh, first of all, Draymond initially was like, eh, I'm not going to say anything. But once he had time to kind of, you know – Think about it and read the story and the interview that Dylan Brooks of the Grizzlies uh, did give. He decided to go to wherever an athlete likes to go, which is his own podcast, <laughs> to clap back. And he does so methodically. Take a listen to this. 
If you ever wondered why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship, look no further than this idiot right here. They're actually depending on this guy to help them win a championship. And he says his game is cool. Quite frankly, that just shows how little you know about basketball. And yet, y'all, you running around talking about a dynasty? The dynasty starts after you, not with you. When you contribute in the way that I, I have contributed to four championships, they tend to like you. So, next time you speak up on me, you should do some fact-checking. I hope you're in a better situation than you in now, where the guys you play with actually enjoy playing with you because they actually think you're contributing to winning. Because it ain't happening right now, champ. Ah, you're not a champ. Ooh. The Draymond Green Podcast. Bart? How can you come at somebody that got four titles, man? Oh, my God. Like, you can say, that's like, that's like you can say coming at Draymond Green is like coming at Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman may not even score points, but his defense, his rebounding, and his acumen, his passing all mm-hmm. contributed to winning, mm-hmm. right? So it's not about – listen, people who think that, oh, if you don't score the basketball, then you're not contributing to winning. Draymond does so much as far as the little nuanced stuff, like setting Steph up, giving him the ball, and setting the pick for him to get him an open shot, getting him the ball where he needs to get open or putting him in rhythm, facilitating the, the drive. Listen, it's not your line, man. It's not your line when you try to come at somebody that's accomplished not one, not two, not three, but four championships. Come on, man. Stop. Listen, it it, it comes down to this. When when, when you get that kind of like beef and guys like to talk, right? All Draymond Green has to do with Dylan Brooks look at him and go, who are you? It's as simple as that. Who do, are you? Do me, do me, do, do, who do are him you? like like Warshot did me, turn me around, get the back of my jersey. Warren when I was, when I was a rookie. Tell us rookie. Tell us <laughs> So I'm, I'm I'm coming out there talking cash money stuff, right? I'm out there <laughs> ready for all the smoke. We playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and like I'm sitting there yelling at somebody like, yeah, I thought I made a big hit or something on the special team. And Warren Sapp walk out there, and he touched me, grabbed me on my shoulder, and like kind of turns me a little bit, like, who the hell are you? <laughs> He looked at the back of your jersey to see your last name. Yo. And he saw Scott and he was like, what, they put your first name on the back? (laughs) So after that, I just started yelling to him every time, that's who I am. And he stopped looking at me, fat boy. (laughs) All right, so you got got your revenge. But the the, the Grizzlies thing, it's got to stop. It was cute for a minute, but then they took it too seriously, right? They went like force MDs on us. It's like, guys, man, you're not built like that. Right? Like, that's not who you are. Yeah, kick your mouth. Like, you can't be that badass of a team. I'm ready to wax, and all I can do is see this name kid. (laughs) (laughs) But you got Ja doing what he's been doing, right? Then you got Dylan Brooks talking all his. Like, like, it's too much. So, so Ja, if Ja thinks he's Nino Brown. Then uh, who's uh who's, who's oh. Dylan Brooks? Is he the dude the the, the dude that was the I'm my brother's Ra- keeper. Yeah, is he yeah, Radio yeah, Raheem. Yeah. No, is he Radio Raheem? That character, the one that was a uh, hustle man or something, whatever, man. I get it. Oh, later. the one that was stuttering. <laughs> yeah. He had the he had the stutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's who Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we continue with audio files. I didn't realize it's all all basketball, and that's good. It's all also a lot of smoke. Yeah. So if you thought Draymond Green was hot, we actually saved the best. For last, Fred Van Vliet, who is actually one of the most likable players in the NBA. Tough guard, made his own way, undrafted, became an all-star, got paid, won a championship, all that, all that, all that. Well, last night's game, I was actually watching the game. Last night's game against the Clippers in L.A., which the Raptors were very competitive. They have been. They've been competitive. They just don't win a lot of games. They lose the game 108-100. And... After the game, so Fred Van Vliet got a tech in the game. And afterwards, 
Oh, he let everybody know about the official who gave him the tech, which is Ben Taylor, and how he felt about all of what went on in last night's game. Listen to this. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, Ben Taylor was f***ing terrible tonight. I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple of the, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just the game up, you know, and it's been like that a couple games in a row. Um, Denver was tough, obviously. You come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a bull tech, changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. You know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be dicks and just kind of the game up. Nobody's coming to see that. They come to see the players. And I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. And it's been disappointing this season. You could look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal and it's never a good place to be. That's not why we lost tonight. We got outplayed, but it definitely makes it tougher to overcome. Tell us how you really feel, Fred. <laughs> now, just for context, uh, free throw attempts in this game, the Clippers had 31, the Raptors had 14. That's one concern. Uh, the, the Tech came with um, about seven minutes to go in the third quarter, so it's still early enough in the half. The Clippers were leading by seven, and the Raptors still were able to push back, got it to two, but then you know, the, then it got away at the start of the fourth, and that was pretty much it. Now, remember, the Raptors... This is now a second game on this road trip. They were in Denver on Monday, and Scott Foster called Scotty Barnes for a tech and then ejected him late in the game with Denver. It was a one-point game at the time, and Scotty Barnes said he was talking to himself. Remember, his name's Scott, and so is Scott Foster's name. But still, they gave him the tech, and then they eject him for that. So the Raptors are kind of feeling a certain way about officiating. But we did look it up because Fred did say to look it up. Three of his eight technicals this season were called by Ben Taylor. Yep. Bart, have you ever had an official that just one guy that just always had it out for you? Yeah, well, we all know famously, you know, me throwing well, you a, threw flag a flag in the stands. Yeah. Yeah, but I, it was because he was on me all game. You know what I mean? He was he was an ass. Uh, I've seen this happen all the time. We all remember, like, the Tim Duncan, and I forgot the guy he always had beef with. Like, oh, yeah, Joey Crawford. At, yeah, how you get mad Joey at Crawford. Tim Duncan, man? He's like the nicest guy in the world, man. Yep. Probably a little sarcastic. Very come sarcastic. On, son, but yeah. sometimes these refs think it's about them, and they can't understand that this is an emotional game. Sometimes guys are going to do something in the moment, you know, say something out of frustration, yell at you, call your name. But come on, man, you're not God. You ain't a priest. I ain't got to talk to you like with a level, like you're an emperor or something like that. And they, they, <laughs> they, they take they take their power too seriously. And, you know, they shouldn't be able to have that power to be able to throw somebody out. Like, they should be able to have to explain why they threw somebody out and what words garners a, 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 a ejection or a technical foul. Because I should be able to challenge what you said and say it's not right. In any other sport, coaches can challenge what's wrong or right and, and yell for a little bit, and it's a, it's a level of grace. But between I don't, I don't know between basketball and baseball, like guys getting thrown out in baseball for staring at an ump. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, bro, you – Nobody cares who you are. You're not important. You're insignificant in the grand scheme of things. There's a reason why official. There's a reason why, like in baseball, officials wear like dark colors. There's a reason why in basketball they wear gray. You're supposed to blend in, right? You're not really supposed to. All you're doing there is you're supposed to manage the game and enforce the rules, and that's it. Now, there's always been the fun, entertaining part of officiating, which is the guys who are a little more animated and fun and all that stuff. Like that does exist. But 
I've always felt like because now of all replay, because of how much access and coverage we have on sports now more than ever, that it's harder for officials. It is true. But if you're going to reprimand a player, get a tech, get him ejected, that's embarrassing. When a player's thrown out of a game, I mean, Bart, literally telling you, Bart, you're not allowed to play anymore. Your behavior has cost you the ability to play anymore, and I'm sending you home. That's legit. Like, it's embarrassing to get yeah. thrown out of a game. Yes. But I also think it's fair that when officials are wrong, and they are reprimanded behind the scenes. I know this. I know the NBA does it, where they have – there are times where an official makes enough mistakes where it costs you games. It costs you ability to work. And it sometimes some actions also cost you the ability to work. I don't think it's publicized enough, and maybe it should be, so that fans understand and players also see that, okay, you might have been publicly ridiculed as a player. You were tossed out of a game. There's so much coverage. We're all seeing it. It's on camera. But the officials, when they get reprimanded, it's in an email. No one sees it. No one knows. Because you don't really pay attention that this ref hasn't refed in three weeks. You don't know that. You forget. You'd be put on blast. So perhaps... That's the next step, and no referee union is going to want to deal with that because they don't want that kind of public scrutiny. But it does level it a little bit, and maybe the players will have a little bit of understanding. Who knows? It's the time of year, though, in the NBA season where everybody's kind of now – it's post-All-Star break. You know that the stretch is coming. We're almost getting to 10 games to go here. And there's – you know, you're getting a little – there's teams that are frustrated where they are in the standings, how the season's gone for them, whatever it is. Referees are getting tired because they're on the road constantly traveling. This is this is the time right now where everybody's just in that bad mood. And you gotta get through this time of the year. But that but from Fred, Bart, that might cost him a couple of dollars. It's cost gonna him, cost him a couple of but, Oh, it's gonna he, cost him. But he's made a bunch of money. He's on a big contract. It's pre yeah. it's pre tax. And I think he right. the, the, I think the message is sent that he's saying, Hey man, pay attention to this. So now when they go again, he gave him a tech, people can start saying, Man, that wasn't really worth a tech. It must be personal. <laughs> Right, and he's doing that for his teammates too because he he said that you know that changed the complexion of the game. So well, he now, says it now, did, now, but it really now, didn't. Now I put it out there, so now if he ever refs against me, watch what happens and see. Well, that's you, the part. You tell me. You tell me if he's if he's biased or if he's you know you know being unfair and unjust to me. That's the part where send the message to the NBA official, the the people who run it, run the uh, the assignments. Don't put Ben Taylor on a Raptors game for the rest of the season. Don't do it. And if you do, and if, you, if you're Fred, that's worth it. It's worth yeah. it to you. All right, yeah. that is audio files. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing, and creative legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. 
So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. We got people to talk to, Bart. Let's get to them. Uh, you see the screen. We're going roulette. Who do you want? We're going with Bill. Bill in Pittsburgh, Bill. The bird. What's going on, folks? How you What's feeling? Good, Bill? What's good, Bill? What's good? How you doing? I got one question before I get started. Mm-hmm. What nitwit at ESPN let you guys go from a national show down to this? Have they lost their mind? You're the best thing out there. Well, I appreciate that, Bizzle. They wanted us to try and eat and cook a little bit more in NY. You know what I mean? It's team decision. Well, listen. We miss y'all, too. When you did if you need a home, come to Pittsburgh because, like, as far as I talk to host, we're a desert here, man. These clowns down in. <laughs> no, I appreciate now, that. Hey, don't, <laughs> hey, don't y'all got the guy that used to play linebacker for y'all? He got this podcast and stuff. I forgot his name. What, which, which, line, which linebacker has a podcast? Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, Starks has a podcast. Oh, Starks my guy, man. Yeah, we've had him on Me before. Me and Chili Stark. Willie. Yeah. Starks is okay. I mean, but, you know, some of these nitwits, they got on the radio. I, I don't know where they got these clowns from. Listen. What you got, man? Call, 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 call the Ravens. Tell, the, tell them the Steelers will trade them Kenny Pickett in the number one pick, and we'll take Lamar Jackson, mm. guarantee contract, however it's going to go, because them people in Baltimore. What's wrong? Bart, you was up there. They, they wasn't stupid like this all their life. What's going on with them? I don't know, man. A lot of people saying this is a lot of change since Ozzy left. You know what I'm saying? Eric DeCosta, I don't know. They saying they ain't getting it done. I don't know what's going on. Say you never had these problems under the wizard. Bart, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. What are the options? Tell them, we'll give them picket. We'll give them picket. Just one for one swap. And they got to see Action Jackson twice a year. Bart, are the odds from a, let's see, from no chance to no way, not a snowball's chance in hell, what are the odds that the Steelers and Ravens would engage in any type of trade involving you know, Lamar Jackson? But you know what's funny? Two franchises that hate each but, other. But, what, but you know what's funny? If they, if they agree to give up two first-round draft picks, it's nothing they can do. They have to match it. So what if, Pis- what, oh, what if Pittsburgh said, what if, what if Pittsburgh said, I'm getting you 500 guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> just just it, ruin their life. No, because then the Ravens would let them go and say, go ahead, you go ahead and do that bad business. <laughs> uh, let's take Theo and Beth Page. Theo. Hello. Theo, yeah. what's happening? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, I think what the other – caller was trying to say was like there's a certain authenticity when you speak to a former player you know and you know it's just that Bart kind of you know he uh, has an aura about him that you know it's a little authentic you know what I'm saying it's a lot authentic I, I appreciate that about you but you know I'd like to touch back just for a quick moment about the refereeing 
Mm-hmm. You see the refereeing, how, how it can affect the game in basketball. You see the refereeing in hockey and in football and the shenanigans that go on and the referees let go because it's an emotional sport. You see them all the time. There's always scrums and, you know, uh, guys get have words with each other. And you know what? I think it is a little bit, you know, I, I don't know. It's just it's a little curved in the NBA, you know, and, and, and it all starts from its basic neutering, you know, uh, from, you know, back in the, day, in the day when the game changed completely. Well, what you had, uh, you know, what I, you had, Theo, was the fight, the fighting that for David Stern and then obviously the malice of the palace is really where it all started. Where it was like, it's got to stop because it was, that was the concern that the league had started to get this reputation, not from basketball fans, but from just regular sports fans of, oh, oh, it's a thug sport. And and it just, they did not want that rep. So he had to go extreme. But you're right. It has taken away a a little bit of what was fun about the sport, which was the physicality. And that's gone. And now. You're going to call it either football or you're going to call it hockey. You're not going to call it basketball. There is a trem- – like, even in hockey, okay, I played – I was a goalie. I wasn't even involved in fighting, but the the level of emotion that goes on, I mean, I can't tell you how emotional it is if I if a call gets called wrong or of course. if, uh, you know. So, you know, I, I think there should be a, a little bit of leeway. I mean, listen, you know, nobody wants anybody running into the stands, but, you know, again – the the, the yeah. ref doesn't have. Yo, we get what you're saying. The ref Thank doesn't the have invested in the game what the player has invested in the game. That's right. The ref doesn't have a win and lose, you know, a wins and loss column underneath their resume. Like the ref doesn't, you know, he get paid the same regardless. So that he doesn't understand, he can't comprehend how his call, whether it's good or wrong, and that's why they never look up when they know they're wrong and they're being showed up <laughs> on the big screen. They don't look up. Because they they really cared about you know getting it right, and not you know you know they would pay attention to that. And understand I got it wrong, and we understand it that this is a uh, human error sport. But when you get it wrong and it negatively affects me, you don't expect me to respond. You expect me just to be able to you know to, to handle it and say, "Oh, that's fine." You, yeah. We all make mistakes, but then no. if I yell at you out of emotion, then you can't understand my frustration and my mistake. How about you put my shoes on for a second if you expect is, me to put yours on? Which is why, again, I, I, the the league has gotten very young with its officials, and when you're young, you tend it's to pop sure. off quicker. Yep. When you're older and experienced, those the older refs were the better refs because they knew points of the game or things that were said, and you just knew just to say, like, calm down, calm down. Like, don't go there with me. You know, you knew that. Guys are going to – it's an emotional game. Competition is emotional. And if you get a call wrong, you know if you got a call wrong. But it's also easy for us to say yeah. that, oh, control yourself and, and players are going to be emotional. It's easy to say, but in the heat of the moment, it does come up. And, and in this case with Fred Van Vliet, he just couldn't take it anymore with this one official – and decided, I'm going to pay this fine because the world needs to know about it. And that's certainly why we got the golden audio that we got to last night from Fed Van Vliet. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.